welcome to Gender Forking, a Twilight Saga podcast. Where we finish. Where we finish. New Moon. New Moon. We finally, finally have made it through this book. When did we start this book? Maybe July. That sounds right. We've just been just raking ourselves over the <laughs> coals of this book for half a year. <laughs> yeah. It's been Not a, a bad pace, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So we're here. This is the the final installment of us discussing New Moon. Thank you for being with us. Uh, it will not be the final episode in this season, mm-hmm. but uh, it is the end of, of the canonical content. We read a chapter and an epilogue. Yes. Which is chapter 24, Vote, and epilogue, The Treaty. Yeah. I am here. I'm caffeinated. I have a lot to say about relationships. For sure. So. And we have little celebratory chocolates. Yeah. Because we finished the book, so I'm going to eat mine. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going now. <laughs> Oh, they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> is this good for you, <laughs> listeners? Do you like this? You want more? <laughs> I um, guess we should jump in. Yeah. <sighs> well, <laughs> actually, since we last recorded, it was Spotify Wrapped Day. Oh, yeah, And yeah. a lot of people reached out to send us nice messages or share screenshots or otherwise of you know, us being their top podcast or being in their top five and, like, saying really nice things about the podcast. <laughs> Real tears. Yeah. In my eyes. Oh, yeah. Yep. I loved it. It was, like, a holiday for I me. literally think it's my favorite day of the year. Yeah, Spotify it's rap the most day. wonderful day of the year. It's, like, everyone else loves it because they get to, like, show off their music taste and it's wonderful, but, like, for us. I get to feel like a micro-celebrity. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so if you sent those in, thanks so much. Thank you for listening. I can't believe that some people are, like, spending, like, 3,000 minutes listening God. to this podcast. That's Sorry. I didn't, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize we had so much content, but I was counting our episodes, actually, kind of recently, and I was like, oh, we completely bypassed our 50th episode. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, well, we'll celebrate 100. Yeah, we'll probably, yeah, we're definitely getting to 100, so. Wow. Well, maybe, maybe we won't. I don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? We don't plan that far in advance. No. And that's how you get this prime, juicy content, content that you're getting right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, where we left off, Bella has decided that she's going to put her mortality to a vote. What a and choice. And Edward, not so happy about it. Yeah. But he agrees to walk her there. And by walk, I mean run. The way that it was it was phrased in the last chapter was, I'll give you a ride. Yeah. What he meant was, on my back. Yeah. <laughs> as we run. <laughs> Yeah, I really appreciate the way that she describes him landing like a cat on the ground. And she's having a a really good time running in the dark. She's, like, not afraid at all. She's enjoying the exhilaration of it. Which is different from the last time that she experienced this, which I think was a good reminder to me that Bella is a different person than she was when Edward left. And Mm -hmm. I don't know that he really grasps entirely what that means. I don't even think that Bella from... Five days ago? Six months ago, like, (laughs) would have had the guts to challenge Edward to the degree that she does in this section. And to, like, call a meeting with his family? Yeah. Like, that's pretty That's big dope. energy. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. When does it occur to him that this is a different person than he left? Will he ever get it? I don't know. He doesn't get it. 
at, by the end of this book. No. So Bella's really enjoying this. She laughs. She's laughing. She's like remarking on how like the sound of her laughter, the feeling of laughing like feels really good. And I'm like, I love that for you. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, she, I'm glad that she feels good. I'm so happy for her. The implication being um, that, that this is so <laughs> annoying. This is so that annoying. they're settling back into this like normalcy without like grappling. So uh, what I don't like. Uh-huh. Is everything yeah. about like their conversation about <laughs> what I don't like is everything. <laughs> what I don't like is is there's like really pitiful resolution to this extreme betrayal. Yeah. It starts right away too. Yeah. I think um he says to her, I'll earn your trust back somehow if it's my even if it's my final act. And she says, I trust you. It's me I don't trust. And I'm like, You okay. shouldn't trust him. You shouldn't trust him. It's also it's like I don't believe that she actually I think she thinks she trusts him right I think she does too I don't think that she's consciously like I don't trust him I think she's subconsciously like her insecurity about herself Mm -hmm. is what she's thinking she's feeling yeah what she's actually feeling is that she's been betrayed by someone that was supposed to care about her and like shouldn't have treated her like that Mm -hmm. and then she's not even gonna be mad at him about it yeah she's just like (laughs) this is just a byproduct of like she feels like she's not good enough so she can't like she can't continue to be angry at him because what if it pushes him away mm-hmm. again. Right. And he's like, can you explain what you mean by that? By trusting him and not herself. And she says, well, I don't trust myself to be enough to deser- to deserve you. There's nothing about me that could hold you. And he's like, your hold is permanent and unbreakable. Please never doubt that. And she narrates, how could I not? Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is like intentional or not that they never discuss this. Like, I don't know. Because sometimes I, I know that like, obviously, like their character flaws are on purpose. Yeah. And like, they're not supposed to have like this perfect relationship. And I don't like Stephanie was not trying to, to design it that way. And, mm-hmm. But like, I feel like this is something that was omitted on accident. Accountability for this yeah. For the pain of the situation. <laughs> it would be really satisfying to have Bella be angry at Edward. Mm-hmm. And I think it would also be, like, realistic to, like, how a lot of people would react in that scenario. Mm-hmm. She's become in touch with her, like, anger. She's had, like, yelling matches with Jacob. Yeah. She's been extremely angry, and she's been able to, like, express that with other people. She's, like, lashed out at Charlie when he suggested things that have not meshed well for, like, what she thinks she needs for herself. Mm-hmm. Like, she's she's having a lot more connection with anger than she has before, and then when Edward comes back, somehow it all melts away, and she doesn't, like, express that with him in the same way, mm-hmm. which I think, like, is a bummer because I think it's, you know, it's authentic that she would feel anger but for some reason she just is not angry at him it feels misplaced i don't know like i i don't want to i would never be like if bella was my real life friend i'm kind of i'm trying to think of of like how i would react to the situation i think with our our real life friends often i wish that they would get to anger like faster yeah like she never got there in this entire process she was never angry at him no except for maybe like one tiny moment i think that's like the most fun part of like people breaking up is like when they they're like immediately sad and you can't like say anything bad about somebody or like Mm -hmm. you just like can't like imply that there was anything like wrong with their partner or whatever but then they get angry and you get to be like and i hated when they did that and i hated that and i hated that isn't it fucked up that they did this and i hate that artist that they always listen to i mean bella doesn't have anyone to do that for her right and there's no one that's like even observed their relationship up close to give that to give those observations yeah and you know it's funny because i think that is part of why charlie is like kind of struggling with edward 
being back because he's like, Bella, why aren't you pissed off at this person? Yeah. And he's mad. Right. He's like carrying all that anger. And I'm, I'm trying to like fathom the implications of her never being mad about this and like what that could mean for the future of their relationship because I feel like it's possible like it would be possible for her to be mad at him and then for them to like have it out mm-hmm. and then to still get back together and then the beat and be together and then their relationship would hopefully be better for it and I feel like their relationship is going to suffer because they're not properly addressing this problem yeah and in, like immediately when she has know? been angry at him in the past like I don't think that she's been able to like express that for longer than like a car ride like yeah. length yeah I don't know it's just it's just it feels like Edward has a monopoly on anger in their yeah. relationship. And like, there's like, no room for anyone else to yeah, be there's angry. there's no room. It, he, he always reacts with, like, anger, even if it's not at her. Like, he expresses anger at situations. He expresses anger at himself. He expresses anger at other people. And it just feels like, yeah, there's no space for her to be angry. It feels like in a, in a normal relationship, not even, like, a healthy relationship. I would not <laughs> even say, like, that. But, like, in... Like, lots of relations, most relationships, there's, like, times when, like, one partner is angry, and it, not necessarily at the other, but, like... In general. It's it's usually, like, you know, we, we each take turns being angry, and the other person totally. is kind of like, it's okay, there's nothing you could do about it, mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of, like, flips. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, some... You get to take turns. Yeah. About, like, who's getting the person who's being the person who is like expressing their emotional problem and then who's being the person who's being supportive right but yeah it does seem like edward is the only one who gets to be angry and i don't like that but bella seems very i think you know i'm just gonna say that she is like one explanation that i would give which is definitely not canon now that he's back she's just kind of like riding the high riding those hormones Mm -hmm. riding that adrenaline riding the the those like feel-good hormones of that come from connection and emotional romantic validation yeah i imagine she'd be really frustrated with herself if he was back and she was too upset to enjoy that time Mm -hmm. so that kind of makes sense yeah but I think it would be more interesting if he came back and she was expecting that really lovely, beautiful, re- like, reunion and the, like, happiness that she's feeling and, like, the completeness and the wholeness. But instead, what she felt was, like, betrayal, anger. That would be really interesting to watch her navigate, like... Yeah. Watch those feelings come up against her will. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that is something that I would expect to happen. Yeah. Actually. I mean, I would be absolutely pissed that I wasted, a like, a huge chunk of a year... Having my life essentially destroyed. Yeah. For for nothing. <laughs> for nothing. Like, it, when she was going through it, at least she thought that's what Edward wanted. And so she was like, whatever, he made a choice. I'm going to live with it. Mm-hmm. But now that she knows that that was for literally nothing and mm-hmm. that it could have been communicated through instead of, like, one person making a choice that both of them now have to, like, live with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think sometimes people do something where... I think she understands where Edward is coming from, even if she doesn't agree with him. Mm-hmm. But I think... Sometimes it's tempting to, like, even if we understand where someone's coming from, it can kind of, like, it's tempting to, like, erase the feelings that come up because of that person's actions. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you did this and it really hurt, but... because of this. Yeah, but I know why it happened, and, like, yes, that can increase your own empathy and can help you navigate a situation, but it doesn't mean that you don't get to, like, express the way that it impacted you, Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't make those feelings go away. Yeah. Period. <laughs> Period. Edward's like, what? what is your greatest problem? Because Bella, like, in the last section was kind of like, the Volturi are my second biggest problem. Mm-hmm. And she says that Edward is... She gives him a little no- boop on the nose. Boop on the nose. <laughs> I was like, I'll give you a guess. Boop. And he says, I'm worse than the Volturi. Guess I've earned that. <laughs> 
And I'm going to murder him. She says to him, the Volturi, the worst the Volturi can do is kill me. You can leave me. The Volturi, Victoria, they're nothing compared to that. And mm-hmm. he gets upset and then looks tortured. And she regrets saying that. Mm-hmm. Which is like the truest expression of like how she felt. She's she's saying to him, "I would have, I would literally rather die than experience that again." Yeah. And he gets so upset, which he should. Yeah. He should feel that upset. Yeah. And then she immediately wishes she hadn't said it, and is like, "No, don't be sad." And like, <sighs> no, he needs to be sad. Like yeah. he needs to like realize that in his time, like doing his little like grieving thing that he did while they were apart. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really probably reckoned with what she was experiencing. Like I think he really minimized and like was like, "She's a human. She's resilient. She's gonna be fine." Right. Like, I think so too. And like he should really have to sit and think about what this was like for her. Yeah. More. Right. Right. He needs to like reckon with his own understanding of human nature and also his understanding of who his partner is. Yeah. And they're just falling back into the same pattern where like something happens to Bella, Edward gets upset, and Bella comforts Edward that something has happened to her, which has happened yep. so many times. Yep. And will continue to happen. And it's actually maybe just, like, the plot of, like, probably the yeah. next book. So. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Hate it. <laughs> and he says to her, she's like, don't be sad. And he's like, if only there was some way to make you see that I can't leave you, time, I suppose, will be the only way to convince you. Which, like, is true, true. Right? Like, it's, like, it's gonna take time. But it's, I think it's interesting that he's like, oh, if only there was some way for me to show you this. And it's like, you just got back after abandoning her yeah, for I most mean, of the year. He wishes that she was immediately able to trust him, which is yeah. so funny because this section, like, does kind of provide that. Mm-hmm. Like, it does kind of happen mm-hmm. in, like, one minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sitting here like, that's just not gonna just, like, happen, Edward. Yeah. <laughs> and then and it does. I read it and I'm like, oh. I know. Fuck. Stephanie. <laughs> well, it's so wild because, like... It's bizarre. He's saying... Well, he's saying to her, like, if only there's some way for me to make you see that I can't leave you. When just on the previous page, she was like, no, I trust you. It's not... Mm-hmm. It's me that I don't trust. And it's like, okay, so we're, we can both acknowledge that the problem is that Edward runs away. Yeah. And, like, that leads to a lack of trust. It's not that hard to see. <laughs> so then they start like working through, like Bella's about to have an epiphany, which is yep. sparked by this thing. She says, so if you're saying, can I have my stuff back? And he says, your things were never gone. I know that it was wrong because I promised you peace without reminders. It was stupid and childish, but I wanted to leave something of myself with you. Okay. That's like, that sounds like when I send my cat to the vet and I'm like, here's my sweater. <laughs> <clears throat> The CD, the pictures, the tickets, they're all under your floorboard. What a choice. Floorboards. What a choice. And she says, I think, I'm not sure, but I wonder, but I think I maybe knew it the whole time. Did you? This is Where? such revisionist history. Yes! She then embarks on this, like, epiphany, like, page-long epiphany. It's so out of place. She's like, maybe I did think the whole time that you loved me. It's almost like he has, like, come and explained his side of the story, and, like, rather than, like, grapple with the, like, still present pain, yeah, she's willing to be like, I'm just gonna move on from this and say, of course I knew you loved me the whole time. Right. That's easier, for Which sure. Which is definitely easier. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just, like, a coping mechanism. Yeah. But it is absolutely wild. 
<laughs> yes. Like, okay, first of all, like, she has not given us no indication that she had, this is something that she has known the whole time. No. It, this is, this has been never, the source of her issue, of There's her pain. never been a, like, a, a side, a thought, a line. Nothing. No foreshadowing. Yeah. The part that is so wild to me about this is that it she brings in her hallucinations yeah. as part of this narrative. She says, some part of me, my subconscious maybe, never stopped believing that you still cared whether I lived or died. That's probably why I was hearing the voices. And he's like, voices? What the <laughs> fuck do you mean by that? <laughs> And she ends up explaining this to him. Like, about, all a motorcycle, yeah. extreme sports, And blah, he's blah, like, blah. what the fuck, a motorcycle? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, it's like, when I, when I heard your voice, it was like, it was like you were protecting me again. Like, you didn't want me to be hurt. I wonder if the reason I could hear you so clearly was because underneath, of, underneath it all, I always understood that you hadn't stopped loving me. And she narrates, again, as I spoke, the words brought with them a sense of, con- of conviction, of rightness, some deep place inside me recognized truth. I just, I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. This isn't... I'm going to go with what I've been saying for the last couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> Which is... And it's so funny because, because, like, she explains this in a way that, like, you know, we've talked about this, but yeah. I could remember how your voice sounded when you were angry. Yeah. Not a great sign. That's The one good. thing that you can hold on to him... Is his anger. Like, of him is his anger yeah i would be mortified if someone said this to me about me yeah he's freaking out about her risking his her, her risking her life of course and she says shh hold on a second i think i'm having an epiphany here <laughs> and starts thinking of her first hallucination and how she'd come up with like two options that she was crazy or like whatever and then she thinks of this third option Option three, Edward loved me. The bond forged between us was not one that could be broken by absence, distance, or time. And no matter how more special or beautiful or brilliant or perfect than me he might be, he was as irreversibly altered as I was. Was that what I'd been trying to tell myself? Then he's like, like, can you tell me about your epiphany? And she says, you love me. Like, this is her epiphany. This is the first time she actually believes that he loves her. Which is so wild. Which, I can't, I almost can't comprehend this. No, and I was literally thinking about this, of course, in, like, the context of, like, real relationships. And I was like, how, (laughs) like, how, why, like, I don't even know the words to describe this. Like, they've been together for so long at this point. Like, I mean, it's not, like, super long. No, they've known each other for over a year. They've been saying, I love you, for a really, like, like a big majority of that time. Yeah, the first time they said I love you was over a year ago. Yeah, and, like, have built this relationship, and this is the first time that she confidently is like, yeah, Edward loves me. Yes, and it is nothing that he has done, Mm -hmm. which I find very unrealistic. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like she is putting together the pieces in a way that feels good for her and doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I think she is maybe just reckoning with, like, all this shitty, like, scary stuff that's happened to her. Like, scary as in, like, scared of her own, like, mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's an alarming experience that she's had is is having these hallucinations. And being able (laughs) to chalk it up to true love is, like, a very picturesque fairy tale end to that storyline that now we never get to question again because oh it was just because i knew deep down that he loved me which there's no evidence for that there's no evidence of like that being the reason and if that was the case if edward went on a little vacation Mm -hmm. went off the grid they couldn't talk Mm -hmm. would she start hallucinating again (laughs) 
Because, like, right? <laughs> it implies that, like, it's not just the fact that she th- believes that he's gone for good. Yeah. It implies that, like, there's something so strong about their bond that, like, Edward's there with her even when he's not there with her. Yeah. And, like, okay, so say he has to go on a little trip. Are you going to be hallucinating? Hear his voice. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think and so. And why is it always in, like, high stress and high adrenaline situations? Mm-hmm. That doesn't really check out. Nope. If it was about love, like, why would it be in times of crisis? Why would it be, yeah, and why would it be, like, him not being loving to you? Yeah. <laughs> I am really perplexed by this explanation that I feel like we as the readers are supposed to accept. It almost feels like we've been given this, like, additional thing of, like, the singer Mm-hmm. Like, La Tua Contante is supposed to be in some way related to this. Like, we're supposed to think, like, oh, there's something, like, supernatural about yeah, their love. For sure. And that can make this happen, which, like, feels like just, like... But then it's not even explained. No. So I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, like, that feeling... So sometimes, you know, people, when when we when we have a strong connection with someone, we might feel like that person is always with us no matter what. Like, in mm-hmm. a nice way. Yeah. Right? But I feel like that is not what she was experiencing. Like, she only felt it in those moments of, of stress. And she could hear distinct words that were not coming from her own. It was comforting to her because she missed him yeah but it was not comforting in that she felt loved by him and what yeah what it wasn't words of reassurance or no yeah the closest thing that i can like connect this to is like when people have described seeing biblical figures mm-hmm. like when people see apparitions of jesus or like mary or like mm-hmm. Mostly Mary, I feel like, and and sometimes Jesus, but like mm-hmm. when people see like Mary on a hillside and they're like, "Oh my God, mm-hmm. like what's going on here?" And like it just feels like almost like that, mm-hmm. which I think is that's the closest thing that these hallucinations evoke. That's also like a central tenet of of like the Mormon religion. I think is that someone appeared to Joseph Smith. Mm. Joseph Smith, Brigham Young. <laughs> which one died? Both of them, but which one died first? <laughs> okay, yeah, it was Joseph Smith for sure. I'm like, literally, I wasn't even, I didn't even finish Googling it. What I did was I sung part of oh my God. the lyrics from the Book of Mormon. Oh so I think that's a, a major tenet of like Mormonism is that God appeared to Joseph Smith and was like, the Book of Mormon is buried, written in tablets in Rochester, New York. Okay. Or wherever, like upstate New York. That apparition is kind of like a big deal. Mm -hmm. In that religion. Yeah, for sure. And it's like, are you trying to evoke like a biblical <sighs> intentionally or not? Probably like, yes. Even like the like a- like he's an angel that's like appearing. Like yeah. it, we've talked about like how he's kind of like a guardian angel. Yeah. But it just feels like, oh my god. Like yeah. she had a religious experience. Yeah. Yeah. And if this was a different book, I I feel like it would have been really interesting to like explore the sinister implications of what she was experiencing. Yeah. But no, it was true love. True love is fucking traumatic, I guess. I suppose. Is the lesson that I'm learning from this book. So he has to do absolutely zero work here to get her to believe that he loves her. Right. So as we were He's just saying off scot free. And I was like, you know how 30 seconds ago, yeah. I was like, she's not just going to believe you when you walk back in here. And I've been saying all season, I've been like, I want to see what has to happen for Bella to ever recover from this. Yep. And apparently it was just... Uh, reframing the narrative. Reframing the narrative, just... Which can be powerful. Yeah. But also, I feel like she's doing it in a way that is not giving the 
care and intention and healing necessary to right. like the parts of her that are hurt and are therefore like glossing over those parts by creating like a it's not like reframing the narrative in a way that's like ultimately helpful i feel like it's doing it in a way that is uh helpful only to like the here and now of like mm-hmm. getting to be happy with being around edward it feels like it's kind of done because stephanie knows that what she'd rather do in the next book rather than like have a book that's about Bella and Edward repairing their relationship. Yeah. She'd rather have a, and like an external factor of like of Jacob and like she it's like she kind of wants to move on to a different plot. She wanted to wrap up this new yeah. moon thing and like have it be like tightly like tightly and neatly packaged into a little box and put a bow on it. Yeah. And just be like, so that's over. We're moving on. Mm-hmm. Next book. It'll be a new conflict. This won't have to be addressed anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, like whatever sure your choice your book yeah but it also feels like say jacob didn't exist mm-hmm. the love triangle didn't exist or or even yeah maybe jacob exists and the love triangle doesn't mm-hmm. that would still be an interesting book to read absolutely like if if the central conflict was bella getting to a place where she was able to trust edward enough to marry him yeah to commit to forever with him yeah that's so much more interesting and also so much more important than a fucking love triangle yeah it's like actually so much more important to the central themes of the story which are grappling with immortality and humanity and like all these things and like so what is so irrelevant to the story is just like another person that wants to be with bella yeah it shouldn't even matter yeah and it's funny because i haven't read eclipse in literally years but of what i remember from it the love triangle is like ninety percent of it, and then it's like ten yeah. percent. Like that's what oh, it feels we, like. We have to kill Victoria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And She's that feels just like the side. Quest. It feels secondary. Yeah. secondary <laughs> to like this whole like love triangle thing, yeah. which I think played on a lot of the like public like interest in it, especially like in the movie. Like it, I think the whole team Edward, team Jacob exploded to a point where like we had really not seen anything like that happen for a movie or book before. Yeah, of course. Like shipping wars like that's Mm -hmm. very new so i think that that was like highly emphasized so maybe there is more actual plot in like eclipse that revolves around like bella preparing to be a vampire bella preparing to like you know make these really really big decisions which is honestly kind of age appropriate like it's not age appropriate for her to be deciding to like settle on one relationship or like whatever it's still coming of age it's a coming of age yeah thing like She's deciding on her future alongside her peers, just deciding a very different thing. Totally. Yeah. No, you're so right. So, yeah, they make out in the forest for a second and then they stopped running. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this next part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like read, it, read part of it and I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Edward. <laughs> Edward, like, makes out with her for a second. Yeah. Which feels like kind of a distraction. I mean, maybe it makes sense for, like, you to kiss after you finally believe that you're loved. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. (laughs) But he says, you were better at it than I was, you know. And she says, better at what? And he says, surviving. And then he talks about how she got up in the morning, tried to be normal for Charlie, followed the pattern of her life. And then he says when he wasn't actively tracking, he was totally useless, couldn't be around his family, couldn't be around anyone, curled up into a ball and let the misery have him. Much more pathetic than hearing voices, even though I do that too. (sighs) It's not about you. You made a choice. Yeah, the framing of you were better at it. Yeah. is like very interesting. It feels almost like... A, I was suffering to Bella, 
Mm-hmm. Which, like, it really isn't. Like, I don't think that's what he intended for it to be. Yeah. But it does serve the function to, like, pull the attention back on him and be like, I had a really hard time, too. Yeah. Like, oh, you suffered because of your own fucking choice. And for him to <laughs> say, like, you got up in the morning and tried to be normal and, like, I couldn't even be around my family, it's like... He doesn't know anything You yet. didn't try. He also has not asked her yet about what it was like for her. No. He's only, like, seen He's Alice's thoughts. Alice's thoughts of what Charlie told her it yeah. was like. So it's not the full story. Edward is, like, taking this sign that Bella got up and did normal things mm-hmm. as, like, an indication that she was okay. When, right. like, as if she had any other option. Like, he was yeah. existing curled up into a ball. He had the option of doing nothing. he could completely yeah. retreat from all social expectations. Right. And, like, and, like, was able to do that. And, like, if Bella did that, she would be expelled from school. Mm-hmm. Charlie would get in trouble for truancy. Mm-hmm. She would have been sent away. Yeah, like, she didn't have the choice that he did. Yeah. I don't want to say that they both did their best, because right. maybe they didn't. like, sure. and, and, like, they definitely, you know, I don't know if they did their best, but, you know, I'll just say they both did the best with the circumstances that they were in. Yeah. And there's no need to compare no. those experiences, except for maybe the fact that it was Edward's actions that led to both of those experiences happening. Yeah. And it's also interesting because Edward's, like, qualifying that, like, he couldn't spend time around family. And it's like, no, you chose not you to chose spend not time to. around family. Like, if you did spend time around family, your experience would have been different. Yeah. Right, if you, like, let them help you. Yeah. He's actually very, like, not supportive, but he's not judgmental about the fact that she's heard voices, which I guess I appreciate. I would love for her to have therapy, but... Yeah. You know, I, I appreciate almost, him not being like, what the fuck, you're crazy. You yeah, know? it feels like he wouldn't have any space to do that living with, like, Alice and... No, they're a, all like, psychic. ...throng <laughs> of other vampires yeah. that had, like, some precognition or, like, some sort of, like, yeah. whatever going on in their previous lives. Right. So, they arrive at his house in the <laughs> woods. Yeah. And Carlisle's like... I imagine, due to the hour, that this is not a purely social visit. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how can we help you? I've I've always found this really strange that when they get there, Edward calls out their individual names at regular volume because he doesn't need to shout. Mm -hmm. But he just says, Carlisle, Esme, Rosalie, Emmett, Jasper, Alice. Like, why didn't you just say, hey, can you all come in here? Can everybody come out for a second? Yeah. Um, Bella wants to talk to you. Yeah. Uh, next time I walk into your house and we're like, Alex, Sam, Yeah, what if serious? I walked into your house and... Uh, Lori? JJ? Helen? Darcy? <laughs> Darcy Lego? Lego? <laughs> like, not because I don't can know if you're there. please gather here? Just to say... Yeah. Just to be like, right. please gather. Because <laughs> he can probably hear all their thoughts. Yeah. Like, he knows they're there. Yeah. They go into the dining room, which is a conference room now. <laughs> yes. I actually... I loved this detail because... and I, Or rather, I love that Stephanie Meyer retroactively included this dining table as a meeting space in mm-hmm. Midnight Sun because in Midnight Sun there they all gathered around yep. this this dining room table to have a family meeting about what was going to happen to Bella and now there is another one happening but Bella is in charge. Yeah, and I, and like that. I imagine this table might turn into where they plan like battle strategy. Yes. And stuff in the next couple of books as they like anticipate having like conflict mm-hmm. slash maybe where they have conversations about Bella's like pregnancy that are like very mm-hmm. like important. Yes. Maybe be where they have conversations when they invite the wolves into the throng to mm-hmm. like communicate it's really important to have a good dining room table this is something that yeah. i deeply believe about life sure <laughs> wish anyway. that was me <laughs> i don't have a dining room what's the what's like the vibe of all of this because these people have not seen her 
for a long time. They saw her briefly at the airport. Like, Esme gave her a hug. Whatever. No, yeah. I was thinking the same what thing. What is the vibe? Because... It feels like there's been little conversation. Alice has spent the day, the night, filling everyone in to yeah. the degree that everyone needs to be filled in. Which kind of feels like maybe they all got home and had a meeting without Edward. Yeah. Which is hilarious. They, should, yeah. And they should. They should probably yeah. do that once a week. Yeah. And maybe they have. Yeah. The vibe is really formal, which might be because, you know, Bella is, they're trying to respect Bella. Mm -hmm. It might be because it's awkward. I don't really know, but Mm -hmm. it is interesting that they're like, we've gathered here today and we're going to have this very like business-like discussion about what to do next, Mm -hmm. which seems to be kind of how they like navigate things as a family. So maybe that's just like a family norm. I don't know. Yeah. Some people's families do, like, family meetings. Yeah. Which is wild. I think my mom tried that a couple times, and I was like... Who are we, the Cullens? What are we doing? (laughs) Making something a meeting doesn't necessarily make it better. So true. Which I think is a lesson that, like, many businesses, nonprofits, and Mm. organizations could certainly learn. Yeah. Because, like, it feels like this could have been an email. Mm -hmm. This should have been a doodle poll. This this conversation that Bella Mm -hmm. is having with the Cullens should have been a doodle poll. Yeah. Yeah. It could have just been, like, a Google... Uh, form. <laughs> yeah. Like, do yeah. you want Bella to be a vampire? Yes or and no? And it could have been anonymous. It could have been anonymous. <laughs> so it couldn't have, it, it didn't have to, well, it wouldn't have been anonymous because Edward could read their minds. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like Edward already knew. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I don't know that they've necessarily thought it explicitly in the way that they have. Yeah. Maybe like just because circumstances are different, but yeah. We'll when see. asked directly, like they definitely think like yes or no, mm-hmm. but like maybe they've been like more complexly thinking about like, what would it be like if Bella was part of, of this us, shit? Whatever. Yeah. Hmm. So they sit down. <sighs> Much to think about. Bella sits at the head of the table. Huge power move. Yeah. It is her, her meeting. meeting. And Edward sits next to her. Carlisle sits on her other side. Everyone else files in. Rosalie smiles at her tentatively. Oh my God. <gasps> Rosalie smiles Besties. at her tentatively, and then she timidly smiles back. That's... This is the beginning of a beautiful <laughs> relationship, and I, it, it, I, and I got so excited by this that, like, when I read the line, I looked into each of their beautiful faces, saving the most beautiful for last later on the page. I was yeah. like, oh, so you looked at Rosalie? Look at Rosalie last. <laughs> what? It's definitely just Edward, but yeah, whatever. Who I'm gonna cares? choose to ignore that. So Alice has filled everyone in, and this is, like, the most Bella's ever talked to, like, a group of people before, <laughs> so I don't, I'm, like, a little shook by this. I know, like, she's never done a class presentation, yeah. she's never, like, we don't, we don't know. She never wants to be the center of attention, so it's definitely telling that she feels comfortable doing this and, like, mm-hmm. walking into a house of vampires and being, like, I get to talk to you all right now. Yeah. It's, it's, like, a big change. This is a huge change, and the fact that she, she feels so, so, so strongly about this, she does not want to hear Edward's. No. Like, point of view, she doesn't even want Esme to speak. Yeah. She, like, stops Esme from speaking and is like, please let me finish. Yeah. And, like, good for her. Yeah. Balls. She's got b- some balls to do, like, walk in and... Yeah. And the fact that they're letting her do it. I mean, I think Ed- Edward literally says he's just humoring her. Yeah. But I think the rest of them, like, do take it seriously. Totally. And they're, like, allowing her to, to have the floor and to, like, to do this, which I think is great. And I think that this overall gave me the impression that everybody's on the same page except for Edward. 
Absolutely. He's the only one who doesn't get what's going on. Which is funny because when he's there and when they take him seriously, they allow him to run the show. Yeah. And they allow him to make these decisions and it seems like they're going to start taking Bella a lot more seriously, which I think bodes well for like her continued existence with them. Yes. Because like if she's going to have to defer to Edward for the remainder of their existence, Mm -hmm. like that's not going to be fun for her. Mm -hmm. But like it seems like with Bella being there, they're willing to be like, maybe Edward isn't all that, which I think is a refreshing change for some of the siblings because obviously rosalie doesn't agree with everything that edward does like she's had some bones to pick and carlisle has always defended edward's choice and Mm -hmm. so to see that you know it's okay to break away from like what edward wants to do is really nice for all of them Mm -hmm. so everyone is going to vote yes or no on bella one becoming a vampire and two being part of the family it's kind of like a package deal i think but she does phrase it as if like i'm not going to force myself on you if you don't want me in your family and then she says if you don't I'll go back to Italy alone. I won't have them coming here. Yeah. Which is honestly like something probably Edward didn't fucking think about is that she doesn't want the Volturi near Charlie. Yeah. Like, he's, there's a lot he's not thinking about. He doesn't care. Like, it, to him, it's like his immediate family kind of matters, but like Bella matters he, yeah. most of all. He doesn't really take bella's consideration of charlie is seriously and like he doesn't understand that like maybe bella has like friends that she doesn't want the volturi to be around like it would be absolutely devastating for the quillute nation to have these super old super powerful vampires yes be aware of their existence that would fuck up an entire generation yeah 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 he does not take any of that seriously and the moment that that esme wants to speak is when i think to say of course we want you yeah to be here like she she's but bella's like we don't even need to get into that right now right let's just go straight to it yeah like bella's kind of also probably like i want people's actual like thoughts on this like i don't want you just to say like what you think is the nice thing to say to me right now, which is, of course, we want you here. Yeah. But, like, she wants each individual person to say that before Mm -hmm. Esme's, like, don't fucking be rude to Bella, basically. Yeah, Yeah, totally. But Edward, before she can even get into the vote, which she wants to do right away, like, no questions asked, no conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, I think she she's moving quickly because I think she realizes, and she expresses this later, but she knows that she's a limited window of time before Edward's gonna try to weasel himself out of this. Right, and he's already trying. Mm -hmm. And he wants to speak to the danger that Bella's referring to and saying, he says, I don't think we need to be overly anxious. And he starts giving what I think he thinks is a really compelling argument, but from my perspective, and I think from what maybe what we're supposed to see as the audience is that he's just being really dumb. It solves nothing. It solves absolutely nothing. His out is now that Dimitri, a member of, of the Volturi, like his power is to find people and that because Bella is immune to so many of these powers that he's not going to be able to find her. And so that solves everything because Edward can just hide her and then there will be no possible way for the Volturi to find her. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. As if Victoria <laughs> couldn't find her. Yeah, right. Like, as if... Right, as if, like, the Volturi wouldn't come. He's, like, he didn't even, like, listen to what she just said, which yeah. is that, like, she doesn't want to put anyone in danger. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fuck that, like, we as a family, we can we can fight him, mm-hmm. like, whatever, and, like... And then you won't be in danger. There is a situation where Edward could be forced to touch Arrow's hand. Yeah. And give all of this information. Uh-huh. Like, that is such a real easy possibility. Mm-hmm. The Volturi wouldn't get there and be like, oh, rats, Bella's not in forks. 
where could she be? Yeah. And then as if they would just give up and go back to Italy. And like leave the Cullens alone. And be like, you got us. We'll try again in 10 years. As if the only way they can try to find her is by using Dimitri's talents. Yeah. As if they can't just use normal methods of finding someone. They could just like literally use their scent to find her. This is kind of similar to like a Vampire Diaries like plot line. (laughs) That... You know, there's these two vampires that wronged these, what their equivalent of the Volturi is, the originals. Yeah. They are, like, in hiding and, like, they are on the run for hundreds of years. From, like, the early 1400s to, like, like the mid-2000s. Yeah. They are on the run. And by the time they get to the mid-2000s, they're, like, I literally, like, would do anything to not be, like, on the run from this person anymore. Right. Because even if you have, like, a relative peace for a couple hundred years, you're still on the run. Like, you'll have to uproot and whatever. And, like, that's something that Edward is not considering here is that... It's like, what's the cost of this? What is the cost of this? Like, Bella could have to uproot everything. Like, she'll never be able to settle in the same way that the Collins have had the luxury of settling. It'll change their entire lifestyle in a way that None of them, even Emmett and Jasper, who seem willing to fight and eager to fight, they don't want that lifestyle change that that, that requires. Yeah, just because they like fighting doesn't mean that they think this is the best idea. Yeah. <laughs> when Emmett is the one who's being like, great plan, maybe, maybe you need to tone it down, you know? Yeah. It's a good indication that your plan relies a little bit too heavily on physical force. Yeah. And Alice literally is and like, not on you're brains. idiots. Yeah, no yeah. one else thinks this is a good idea. Esme mm-hmm. is glaring at Edward, being like, you're just being stupid right now. Yeah. Bella just kind of ignores this, and she says, okay, Edward has offered an alternative for you to consider, so let's vote. She looks directly at Edward, has him go first, and says, do you want me to join your family? <laughs> huge. I'm so obsessed with that. It's huge. <laughs> it's, it's hugely hilarious yeah. that she frames it. It's just like, so do you want me forever? Yeah. Like you said you did? Right in front of your family? No. Do you want this? Yeah, get fucked. And he Mm -hmm. says, not that way, you're staying human. And she moves on. Alice votes yes. Jasper votes yes. And she says she's surprised. She has not interacted with Jasper since he tried to kill her. Which I think is just interesting. But I think they've both moved on. I kind of like that. Mm -hmm. That they've just kind of, they're both like... They're like, like, let's not address it. We understand that that was just a moment and it's fine. Yeah, Yeah. they're like, it's not a big deal, Edward. Yeah. This iconic Rosalie moment. Yes. And first of all, the homosexual narration. Oh my god, yeah. Rosalie, she hesitated, biting down on her full, perfect (laughs) bottom lip. I can't. Bella. And she tries to move on and Rosalie says, let me explain... I don't mean that I have any aversion to you as a sister. It's just that this is not the life I would have chosen for myself. I wish there had been someone there to vote no for me. That's very loaded. And obviously it requires a lot of, like, background context that, like, Bella doesn't really fully have. Like, Mm -hmm. she couldn't just take that at face value and be like, okay, so you didn't want to be a vampire, so you don't want me to be one? Yeah. But she'll get the story. She'll get the story. And even so, I do feel like... Like, I get where Rosalie's coming from, but I also, like, we've talked about... Because in Twilight and Midnight Sun, there's a lot of, like, parallel making between Bella and Rosalie that is, I think, entirely inappropriate. Right. We we talked a lot about how the whole point with Rosalie's, like, transformation being really traumatic for her is that she didn't have agency in it. Yeah. And, like, it's okay for her to choose that she did not want to be a vampire, just as it's okay for Bella to choose that she does want to be a vampire. And I feel like if if Rosalie wanted to honor that, uh, maybe a more sensical way for her to do that would be to abstain from the vote. 
Yeah. Or to just be like, I want you to do whatever you want to do. Or even put a condition on it, like, I want you to think about this. Yeah. For X number, I want to have a conversation with you yeah. before I, you know, make my decision. Right. And Bella's not looking for a unanimous, unanimous vote here. No. She's looking for a majority. Yeah. And yeah. she gets her majority. She does, yeah. Uh, Emma very enthusiastically says yes and mm-hmm. says we can find some other way to pick a fight with Dimitri. It's like, get fucked, Edward. Like, Emma was yeah. like, yeah, I love this plan, but fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's Bella's also huge that, like, Emmett doesn't fall in line with Rosalie. Yeah, and, you know, he often does not when yeah. it comes to Bella. and they seem to be completely okay. They have some tense moments, yeah. I think, that we learn about through Midnight Sun. Yeah. But, like, they recover from it. Like, Emmett is able to, like, like do the part, like, the very hard thing of, like, not betraying what Rosalie sees as very important mm-hmm. to herself, but also... Like, holding that Bella's a different person. Yeah. Which Edward isn't capable of doing. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of... The, and it's, like, it's so straightforward that it's, like, he's the only one who can do it so easily. Yeah. But that dynamic in their relationship is interesting. And I feel like... It, I don't think it's supposed to be written this way of, like, it means that they have such a good balance in their relationship and they know how to, like, honor each other's boundaries and still have agency from each other. I don't think that's actually what mm-hmm. Stephanie Meyer intended to write. Um, I think she, she was intended to write as, like, Rosalie is a bitch and, like, and like has all these, like, stupid opinions and Emmett's so fun and easygoing. Right. But I would prefer to interpret it the other way. Yeah. <laughs> so Esme votes yes. Yeah. And so she already has a majority. So she... So, well, she's got... Esme, Alice, Jasper, Emmett. Yeah. And then... Rosalie and Edward have said no. Rosalie and Edward say no. And so she has a majority, but she has the thought that Carlisle's vote matters more than anyone's to to Edward, even. Carlisle looks at Edward, and Edward is physically so angry, Mm -hmm. curling his lips back from his teeth, straining his jaw, growling... Is that any way to speak to your father, no. Edward? No. <laughs> and it's the first time he doesn't get his way. Yeah, and he just can't think about it. it. Yeah. And he says, Carlisle says, you've chosen not to live without her, and that doesn't leave me a choice. Exactly. It's like, exactly. how did you think your little stunt in Italy was going to impact you? Like, I think that's the turning point for their family dynamic. Yeah. Is that Carlisle and Esme care about Edward, want him to live, mm-hmm. and they realize the only way they're going to have that is if Bella is a vampire forever because they can delay and delay and delay the inevitable. Mm -hmm. Bella's going to die one day. They don't want in 70 years from now, which doesn't feel like that much time to them, they don't want Bella to die and then Edward to go off and kill himself. Yeah. So, like, of course, of course. They have no other choice. And Edward is just, like, being a little bitch about it. Yeah. He's like, how dare you? And it's like, how dare you, you, Edward? Yeah. He actually stalks out of the room. Mm -hmm. This implies that Carlisle has voted yes. It says an ear-splitting crash echoed from the other room. Edward has fucking destroyed something. I think maybe the piano. Yeah. In the other room. Yeah. He's so angry. He's so angry about this. that he doesn't... He's not just humoring Bella. No. Like, he... He's realized that this is... He's like, oh... It's like... Does he not realize that his family, like, was going to say yes to this? I don't like, know. If he I thought think, he was well, just humoring her. I do think her. that this is maybe the first time that they've broken from what he wants, though. Yeah. In regards to Bella. I think maybe he didn't realize that, like, Alice and Carlisle are so set on this that they would change her themselves. Yeah. And he thinks that he can humor Bella in having this conversation 
because it doesn't matter what they think and he can just circumvent it anyway and go against what mm-hmm. literally everyone in his life wants and like he that he thinks that he can control what everyone else in his life does yeah rather than mm-hmm. them having their own agency and getting to make this decision regardless of how he feels yeah i'm confused yeah by this thing here on 535 bella says that's all I needed. Thank you for wanting to keep me. I feel exactly the same about all of you too. Then, as my hugs or whatever, and then it says, out of the corner of my eye, I noticed Rosalie looking down at the table and I realized my words could be construed in two ways. Mm-hmm. What did you take from that? Well, because Rosalie voted no, I think that she's like, oh, well, maybe because I said that I feel the same way about you, that she's like saying- Rejecting that, Rosalie. Rejecting Rosalie, even though Rosalie said like, I don't have an aversion to you yeah. as a sister, but I think maybe it was just- I feel like, if anything, it's an acknowledgement that, like, everyone else wanted her. is not... Where everyone else is. Where everyone else is. Okay. Yeah. Or, like, just a reminder of the strain between them. Yeah. Which I think maybe it's clear now that Rosalie doesn't want that strain to exist. Yeah, and, like, she's she's able to now move past it. Which is huge. It's probably the biggest character development we've had in the book. Totally. Like, she was so... She could barely even be around Bella. Now they're smiling at each other. Like, they're speaking words directly to each other for yeah. the first time. It's huge. All it took was for them to be honest, like about, like for Rosalie to be honest about why it's difficult for her to be around Bella mm-hmm. and not to have their interactions go through Edward. Yeah. Because Edward's not doing a good job of communicating, no. like, why that tension exists. I don't think he thinks highly enough of Rosalie to think that it would even matter to Bella, mm-hmm. like, why Rosalie is like that with her. Mm-hmm. Like, to not know that it, like, hurts Bella to not understand the source of that that like tension yeah but like the second that bella and rosalie are able to like speak directly towards each other mm-hmm. and like rosalie is able to be like i apologize free to you. from edwards yeah like control yeah in every way yeah and for her to be like this is why i act this way mm-hmm. even without the full context mm-hmm. is healing for their relationship totally and it's all they needed to like be on a better yeah be on a path to a better place even though they still don't fully agree on what should happen next there's they like a mutual to. respect yeah. there yeah yeah oh huge bella's ready to do this right now yes that is a little bit too far absolutely yeah i, I think because that is not what she discussed with any of these people just no. now no. and i think it's wild for her to be like okay we're doing it now right, let's go i'm like did you not think about charlie no we're like one second <laughs> she doesn't she like, keeps why? doing this and it's like she goes back and forth between caring so much about charlie when his life is in danger from like victoria mm-hmm. or whatever and then like caring about jacob hello yeah. like she doesn't even think like she's like bite me right now yeah she's like where are we doing like she said literally says where do you want to do this and Alice is like, oh, Whoa. I'm I'm not, I'm not ready. I'm not ready right now. I need more time. Alice has never bit a human. Yeah, she's never done this before. Ever. Ever. And she's never tasted human blood to my knowledge, right? Like, did she yeah, I don't know. kill people before? I don't think so. I thought so. she knew, she like sensed that Carlisle was a vegetarian and was like, cool, I'm a I'm vegetarian. For that. Yeah. Like, it would be absolutely insane for her to be ready. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really presumptuous of Bella to be like, we're doing this right now, even though we haven't discussed it at all. There needs yeah. to be a plan. Like, even if we were going to do it tomorrow, we still have to make a plan. And the vampires need to be, the rest of them need to be out of there because, like, they're going to smell human blood mm-hmm. spilled. There needs to be contingency. There's so much safety planning that needs to happen around this event. <laughs> Me like, whoa. <laughs> well, let's de-escalate this right now. Mm-hmm. Especially because Edward is throwing a full fit and he is yelling which is so unnecessary he's in a rage 
and he like bends over Bella and like tries to like intercept this conversation, which like there's really no reason for him to do because obviously he can like read Alice's mind that she has no intention of doing it with this kind of speed. Yeah. And like I'm sure that she like that he could also read Carlisle's mind and everyone else's that was probably like, Whoa, Bella, what the fuck? Like, yeah, we're not like, doing whoa, that. Like we so like he, you, but not right now. <laughs> he could literally just be like, No, Bella, like I understand that this now is like inevitable, but like it's not happening tonight. Like mm-hmm. This is something that's, like, you know, a big undertaking for mm-hmm. any of us. But instead, he fucking screams. Instead, he chooses to shout the words, are you insane? Have you utterly lost your mind? Loud enough that she needs to put her hands over her ears. Yeah. How dare, how dare he, first of all? It's, like, so unacceptable for him to be behaving like this. Like, you this should is, never yell at her. You should, there is no, <laughs> there's no reason. There's no reason to ever yell. There's no reason to ever raise your voice at your partner. Yep. I feel like he should know that by now. Yeah. You know? This is just the, a great example of, like, Bella could be angry in this moment. Yes. And she's not because Edward is so angry. That yeah. If it's not she, safe for her to be angry. Yeah. Like, if, if she rose to the to the anger that, like, she has the right to feel in this moment, mm-hmm. it would be bad. And, she, but, and it's interesting here. I feel like it doesn't even make sense for Bella to be insisting on it happening right now because Alice is like, I really cannot do this right now. And she's like, oh, I trust you. And it's like, Bella, you really... It's not about Bella. Yeah. You know. this, now, that it, now that everyone has put it to a vote, she's acknowledged that it involves everyone. So it does need to be everyone's decision. Yeah. On and how like, it happens, at least. You they know? need some time. Edward grabs Bella's face in his hand forcing her to look at him yeah and the other hand is out palm to carlisle first of all if i'm another person in this room i'm I'm intercepting bella i am i am like why the fuck are you doing why are you touching her like this why like why are you why is this happening Mm -hmm. this is not acceptable carlisle like ignores edward Mm -hmm. and speaks directly to bella Mm -hmm. a good practice yes and says i'm able to do it you would be in no danger of me losing control Mm mm-hmm and she's like, sounds good. And she says, it's hard to talk clearly the way Edward held my jaw. Physical violence in my Twilight book? Yep. Again. It's more likely than you think. <laughs> like, <laughs> Happens more often than you would want to admit. <laughs> it's just, he should never be grabbing her with, like, in that, like... Ever. If you're putting your hands on your partner in a moment of anger, no matter how you're doing it... Just don't. Just don't. If you're so angry that you're out of control screaming, no matter how you intend, like, for your action to come across, it can come across incredibly scary. Yeah, and it's like, Edward, Mr. I could lose control at any moment. It's like, you are. Yeah. It's like, this is that. It's just, you're not doing it in a bloodthirsty way. You're not drinking her blood, but you are losing control. Yeah. And you are hurting her. Yes. I hate this so much. It's horrible. I don't understand, like, like, there's no accountability for this. Like, this, this none of his sort of family stuff is never steps discussed. in. Yeah, none of his family steps in. Like, I would think, like, Esme would be like, Excuse don't me? fucking touch her right now, yeah. please. Like, I would think that Rosalie would even. Yeah. Alice? I, I just, like, I don't understand why it's like this. Like, why it's written like this. Is this supposed to, is this just being normalized? Is this just supposed to be an expression of Edward's intense feelings? I think so. Like, this is just Stephanie being like, Edward feels very strongly and we all get to accept that. And Hand around the jaw. I'm like, are you gonna strangle her? Literally. <laughs> me, like, he's always being like, it just, I could accidentally crush your skull with the flick of my wrist. And it's like, okay, well, don't so put that don't to the fucking chest. when you're angry. Yeah. Oh my god. I hate it. She's like, if you're angry, you just like, don't. I know. Just, like, I think I hate this just as much way. as I hate, like, what he's done. 
Like, yeah, ever yeah. Here. It's horrible. Yeah. I just, like, I'm I'm not looking forward to, like, Eclipse. Oh, I'm looking forward to Eclipse for some reasons, but one of the things I'm not looking forward to in Eclipse is that I think there's more, like, physical altercations between Bella and people that are, like, 7,000 times stronger than her. Yeah. In a way that, like, exists outside of, like, the context of, like, Victoria, like, trying to kill her. Like, yeah. I think it's, like... People close to her. People close to her, Jacob and Edward. Yeah. Like, physically restraining her, physically kissing her without... Like, her mm-hmm. consent, yanking her, like, yep. across, like, treaty lines and stuff like that. Just, mm-hmm. like, I hate that. It's horrifying. I also just, like, don't like the that this is written so that, like, Edward is right about something in this moment. Like, he's right that, like, there, like, that there are reasons for it, this to not occur right now. Yeah. And obviously everyone else knows that, and I don't like that it's Edward who is the one who gets to, like, be right in what he is so inappropriately responding to. Yeah. You know, like that yeah. doesn't feel good. I feel like he should not get to walk away from this without consequences. Absolutely. I feel that about pretty much everything he says, but like especially that it has been allowed to escalate to this point and no one is responding to it is like so scary. But Bella like is briefly grappling with like the reality of like, oh yeah, I have like, I have a life mm-hmm. that needs to be dealt with. And it's like, has she forgot? Like, has she just like so... I know that she has her reasons, but I'm like, has she so just like completely ripped away from her life that she just like doesn't doesn't even want to like try to fix it in the interim before becoming a vampire? Like, I don't understand. She doesn't... Yeah, she says here like, I couldn't even risk a visit to see my own mother for fear of bringing my deadly problems along with me. That feels like kind of a cop out. Yeah. Like, to just dis- to explain the distance that's grown between Renee and Bella. Like, yeah, you can. Yeah. Like, you do. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Like, just because there's this other option doesn't mean that it's, like, the most tactful thing to do right now. Like, we've been dealing with Victoria this whole book. On the other hand, I can see why to Bella, like, I don't understand the family part, but I can see why to Bella, like, graduation feels trivial now. Totally. I was thinking about... You live forever, fuck high school. Exactly. And this made me think about something that I learned in a military ally training. Oh my god. That I had, Do tell. That I, that I took. Tell me all about that. Um, which, honestly, I, I, I don't think anyone will be surprised to know that I'm against the U.S. military. <laughs> but... What? What? Shocking. <laughs> um... A thing that I took away that I found really, really interesting and applicable to other things, mm-hmm. which I think is even more interesting, mm-hmm. is that, like, sometimes when veterans come home and they, like, enroll back in school, they have a really hard time taking things seriously, like, that are not as serious as what they've already oh, experienced, for sure. yeah. like, in combat. Yeah. Um, which obviously is applicable to other things, but we Absolutely. were talking about, like, how... It's really hard to, like, sit and, for example, like, learn Latin when you have been making... Compounding trauma. (laughs) Life or death experience. Having, like, like a life and... Like, a a near-death experience, making life and death level decisions. Things that can impact whether or not you live or die. Yeah. um, And how it can feel really trivial to, like, do your homework. Right. (laughs) Or, like to go to class yeah i mean like we're in a pandemic everyone's dying it can feel trivial to like do anything do anything at all and so like it makes sense to me that bella feels detached from this milestone that for whatever reason the cullens are feeling is very important for her which is graduation Mm -hmm. i understand 
that. Yeah. What I don't understand is, like, the relationship stuff that she's willing to, like, toss aside. Right. But it makes sense to me that, like, she's already made her decision that she wants to be a vampire. She's experienced trauma from here to there all the way back again. Mm Mm-hmm. It makes sense to me that she's like, I don't really care about getting my high school diploma. She's like, I want out of this dangerous situation that has caused me so much emotional turmoil. She's like, I could die at any moment. Yeah. People are coming after me to kill me. Please provide me with a buffer of mm-hmm. etern- uh, like of eternal life. Yeah. And I, I think her, her one explanation about these relationships is that she feels like she is putting them in danger. Yeah. And wants to be able to help um, wants to be able to take them out of danger of, like, if she becomes a vampire, the Volturi are no longer a danger to her. Yeah. Um, and then, and like, her Victoria family. is a solvable problem. Yeah. Right. As because... she is right now, but, like, there's this level of urgency because Bella's a, like, expendable, like, human, like, yeah. could die or whatever. I get the idea. I-, I think that it is reasonable to say, like, let's wait till, let's wait till we have a more of a cover story where Bella can finish high school, move out of Charlie's house, and, like, we don't have to worry about, like, that part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make it a lot cleaner in, like, an interpersonal way. The attention that having a high schooler disappear or die yeah. is something that could... I mean, not that they really even care about this or probably thinking about it, but, like, that impacts a school. I mean, first of all, everyone knows Bella. Yes, everyone knows Bella. Second of all, even a school where you, like, don't know somebody and they, like, die, that... Yep. Impacts the entire school. It's forcing people who are 18 years old to grapple with mortality. They'd be traumatizing everyone, and that is collateral that needs to be taken seriously. And it would be looked into extensively. Yes. Like, it wouldn't be easy to fake. No. I mean, think about the end of life and death. Spoiler alert. Absolutely. The end of life and death is different. They have to, like, fake Bo's death and, like, throw him a funeral and, like... Everyone is traumatized. It ruins... Horrifying. It ruins, like, Charlie and Renee's life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes sense that this is the way that they go. But it's interesting that Bella doesn't even, like... It doesn't think about it very much here. And I don't fully understand why yet. But even with everything that we just said, I I feel like I don't fully (laughs) understand where that's coming from. But I guess we'll see. I think she'll grapple with it more in the next book. She gets Carlisle to agree. He promises to change her mm-hmm. after graduation. At some point, Edward is, like, relaxing. Because she considers to, like, put off the change until after graduation. Yeah. Which I think Edward is relaxing, not because he's okay with that, but because he is like, cool, I have a couple of months to get myself out of this. Yeah. Which is really unfortunate because, like, he's, he does not respect her decisions. At all. At all. At all. He doesn't even, like, pretend to. This is an issue of bodily autonomy. It is. It so is. <laughs> it's getting kind of late slash early in the morning. So um, Edward takes Bella home. And when they get there, she's expecting him to be really mad, but instead he's calculating. She's like, whatever you're planning, it's not going to work. He, this is so out of pocket for me. So he says, if you could have anything in the world, anything at all, what would it be? And she says, you. And he's like, something you don't already have. So she thinks about it. And she says, I came up with something that was both true and probably impossible. And I don't know where the fuck this comes from. I'm, I'm going to be confused about this forever. Yeah. But she says, I would want Carlisle not to have to, to be the one to change me. I would want you to change me. And I'm like, where does that come from? Functionally, we have no indication that there's any difference, but like that there's any significance to who changes you. Yeah. Is it like, is it just because... Is it like a sexy little moment? Yeah. Is it sexy? Like, I don't understand. Like, closeness, like them sharing a moment. Like, I, like is it that like ugh. she wants him to be so decided on it that he's the one to do it? Or I don't like, know. because like that's a huge 
ask and I think she knows and she thinks it's impossible because of the way that she smells, smells to him. Yeah. Like I would I wouldn't even bring it up honestly. No. If I were her, I'd be like, you don't it's have to do that. It's crazy that he does do it. Like I know. it's it's like wild to me that it, that, that even happened. <sighs> and like this particular piece of plot that she for some reason now wants this that he uses it as leverage is what leads to like Renesme being born and like to her ultimately becoming a vampire because this is the leverage piece that he uses to be like okay so you marry me and then she says okay so you fuck me yeah later on which like doesn't happen in this book but like does happen this is so wild and so problematic because if he was like (laughs) okay then i'm getting this long or like and then i also get to marry you and then whatever like i'd be like all right carly can carly i just be like carlisle's doing this this is so stupid like he's like okay well now that i know that this is the thing that you want the most in the world i'm going to use it against you to get what i want immediately immediately doesn't even question it and she knows that something she knew that something was up so oh yeah like so now they're negotiating how long how he wants to negotiate for time first he's mm-hmm. like i want you to give me five years and then i'll do it and then they negotiate it down which is smart of her because he wouldn't do it in five years He'd no find another excuse she knows she knows that also yeah. she'd definitely be dead in five years yeah for sure like and she's like i'm not going i will wait i will at most be 19 like i'm not going near 20 if you're gonna be a teenager i want to be a teenager and He's like, okay, well... So fun to read at 25. So fun. Just absolutely (laughs) humbling, just shocked me to my core. Yeah. Ugh. God. Um, How can a person know everything at 18 but nothing at 22, (laughs) etc.? And then he's like, okay, forget this time thing, which is shocking to me. Mm -hmm. Suddenly he's willing to drop the time negotiation. And he's like, I have one condition, which is that you marry me first. (laughs) (laughs) i hate it and then she's like what's the punchline and he says you're wounding my ego bella i just proposed to you and you think it's a joke because you did it in a horrible way it's a shitty proposal Mm -hmm. and no ring it was a shitty proposal and also it's like a very inappropriate way to propose to someone in in the middle of a negotiation throwing out the okay marry me then it's also like it's not the first time you talk about the potential of getting married to someone is not a proposal he has no idea what her thoughts on marriage are yeah they've never talked about marriage they've never talked about it and and when they do right here she says marriage isn't high on my list of priorities it was the kiss of death for renee and charlie yeah and also that renee has very intense opinions on getting married before you're 30 Mm mm-hmm me too yes <laughs> You're engaged. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can do it. No one else can. Yeah, yeah. I I feel the same way. <laughs> I like see people okay, getting you. married at like age twenty seven. I'm like, are you a child? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard for me to take this seriously because it's so comical. Like it's I know. such a comedy. Like it's just a comedy of errors. She's like, I'm only eighteen. He's like, Well, I'm nearly hundred and ten. It's time I settle down. <laughs> I like, know, and I I can't take it seriously. I just like it bothers me because like. There are some real, like, social ramifications. Like, it draws a lot of attention to Edward and Bella that they get married at age 18 immediately after graduating high school. Everybody, and, like, I hate to say this because, like, I know that there are people out there that get married young and they're, like, it's successful and whatever. But, like, (laughs) everybody that goes to a wedding for somebody that has just graduated high school is, like, either their best friend and, like, blindly is, like, yeah, let's let's go. It's gonna be great. But, like, I know someone who got married right after graduating high school. We were all sitting there, like, 
Oh my god. <laughs> like oh everyone knows my god. that it's not a good decision almost all of the time. Right? And it's like and I'm saying that as someone who's literally with the person that I was with in high school. Yeah. I'm not saying that you yeah. can't pick the right person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. saying that 18 is not the time to get married. Mm-mm. And when you do get married at 18, it makes everyone around you go, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> and like That's the biggest problem I have is that now all these people who are already paying a lot of attention to the Cullens because they already stand out Mm -hmm. are then going to be like, Edward and Bella are getting married right now? Yeah. Do you have no shame? They have no no shame. And it's like, it's like you're attracting attention. It's like the second biggest way they could attract attention other than her dying. Yeah. And now she's going to like mysteriously disappear and go away to college or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then everyone's going to be like wondering what the fuck is going on with Edward and Bella because they just got married and Mm -hmm. they're like the first people from their class to get married. Yeah. Everyone's going to think they're pregnant. Everybody's going to think they're pregnant, hiding something. Like. something's going on like the social implications of that might not matter to edward it seems like they don't matter at all to him and of course they don't no of course course because it's not his it's not really his life that is impacted by it but it's so huge for bella and like the fact that he doesn't take it seriously makes me it's almost kind of like he's like well you're gonna be a vampire so what does it matter to you if like your social standing like well it's like yeah but you're forcing me to stay human so like it, it is going to impact me Ugh. Yeah. I just, like, am anticipating just so much, like, more, ah, as we get closer and closer to the bag actually getting married. And I just, like, cannot imagine what we are going to have to endure through Eclipse and Breaking Dawn. I know. It's like, I can't believe that he's trying to negotiate this and and then he's like, I can't believe you're not taking my proposal seriously. And please tell me you're not afraid of the commitment. Yeah. And please, Bella. And (laughs) he leans like, into her, and, like, someone intentionally, like, smolders at her. Yeah. And, like, gets really close to her and tries to, like, cloud her mind and manipulate her into saying yes. Yeah. And then he's like, would it have gone better if I had a ring? And she's like, no, no ring. And they don't have a resolution to it. No. Really, because Charlie wakes up. And I am so perplexed that he, that, that this is what Edward wants. That this is the the leverage. And it's like, I don't know if he's, part of him is doing it because he knows that she's not going to want to do it for a while, Mm -hmm. which is also fucked up. But it's also like, he's willing, he was, he dropped the, the, the time negotiation for this. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't care about three, four, five years anymore. She literally says, what if you take me to Vegas now? Would I be a vampire in three days? And he's like, sure, I'll get my car, like calling her bluff. But it's like, which of them would outlast the other if they tried to do that? I know. Because Bella would do it. Bella yeah. would go get married. I don't think Edward would agree to actually do it once it came down to the wire. No, and I think she knows that. Yeah. <sighs> That's so wild to me. <laughs> like, what? I don't know. Where does this come from? Like, they've literally just never talked about marriage before. And, like, they've been they've been apart for months. And mm. now they're like, let's get married. And, like, yeah, I get, like, they understand that they're going to be together forever. So, like, whatever. But it's still, it's... Edward does not consider that, like, this is, like, a really big deal for her. Making the decision to stay together forever is a different decision than deciding to get married. Agree. A marriage is, like, a very social thing. Yes. And it signifies something. Yeah. And you can want to be with someone forever and, like, communicate to that to them without deciding to get married. Yes. And that's definitely, like, a newer idea. Right. Right? It's synonymous with marriage for other people. Obviously, Stephanie does not view those two no. things as separate. <laughs> Why'd she make them get married? I don't know. I hate her. (laughs) Why is he? She's literally a child bride. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Uh, And he's Uh, a child groom. Yep. (laughs) 
Just a baby. They didn't they didn't need this. And now we have fucking cosplayers recreating it for thirty six thousand dollars. Okay. Right. Like this harm real life harm has been caused by this fictional marriage. <sighs> anyway, Charlie's up. Edward hides in the fucking closet. And then Charlie <laughs> needs to have this serious yeah. conversation with Bella. He kind of like lays into her, which he you know, he should. Yeah. Says, I come home from Harry's funeral yep. and you're gone. Mm-hmm. Didn't leave a number, didn't call, didn't know if you were coming back or when you were coming back. He threatens to send her to Florida and she says, Well, I won't go. She says, if you kick me out, it it won't I won't go to Florida. Mm-hmm. Impl- implying that she'll just go live with Edward. Yeah. And he is now coming up against the fact that he has an 18-year-old daughter who he can't force to do things. Yeah. And, like, she is she is right. She's right. Like, he can't send her to Florida. No. And I think a lot of parents, when they have 18-year-olds, they will intentionally hold on to something that they can use to control their children. Mm-hmm. Those things can be withheld. Mm-hmm. And there's always the, like, if you're not under my... If you're under my roof, it's my rules kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Charlie kind of identifies in this moment that if Bella goes and lives with the Cullens, they're obviously loaded and she's going to want for nothing. Mm-hmm. And so there is really nothing that Charlie can hold over Bella's head. Yeah. Um, I mean, usually when that kind of thing happens, it's like, it's like a, it's a financial manipulation of being like, I well, I have this power over you still because you are financially yeah. dependent on me. Right. Yeah. That can last well beyond your 18th birthday. Absolutely. Like, I knew a lot a of people time. in college that had parents who were like, you won't be doing that. It's a give and take. And I totally. think there's definitely some privilege into having your parents support you. But for sure, like it was always nice for me in college because I was financially independent to be like telling my mom, here's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And my mom being like, cool, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. And she didn't try to control me, which right. is great because she's great. She's a cool mom. It would also be nice for parents who do financially support their adult children who are their young adult children mm-hmm. to not see that as like a point of ownership and rather giving that giving their child more autonomy and freedoms because of right. what they are able to provide for them rather than like uh, I'm doing this as a favor to you and now you owe me right your freedom mm-hmm. right like that, that's not great <laughs> yeah but it's interesting that that dynamic doesn't really come up here because Bella's other alternative is extreme wealth yes like she's going to rise. She's becoming the 1%. She's becoming the 1%. Rapidly. <laughs> Rapidly. And she, she, you can see in the way that she behaves, mm-hmm. too, that that's a factor that causes her to not care about some other things like school and college. That's and true. Things like that. She does not have to work for money. Mm-hmm anymore and and it's interesting because she really cared about working for money before yeah and it's it's kind of freeing to her yeah because she gets to think about and spend her emotional energy and like her like all of the work that she's put in thus far into getting an education whatever like Mm -hmm. it doesn't really have to turn into anything if she doesn't want it to yeah and also just like regardless of like the cullen's wealth like becoming a vampire in general like you don't need to buy food you don't need to buy like a house or anything like you can just subsist (laughs) And she has the complete freedom to do whatever passions on a whim she wants. And she, I guess she doesn't maybe know exactly how it works, but she knows that the Cullens just get to do whatever they want. Like, Carlisle, you know, put in the work in medical school for a while, but, mm-hmm. like, did he forge his way into school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he forge his way into jobs? To a degree, Yeah. And so, like, she knows that if she decided, I want to do this... You get to break all the rules. She gets to do it. Because you're rich, you become free from capitalism. Bella now has to come up off the top of her head with an explanation of where she was for Charlie. She's not great. Yeah, she does. She does well. She does mention jumping off the cliff, which Charlie had no idea about. Unfortunate. So she does have to... She essentially gives 
him the, the, the true story, which is that Edward thought that Bella tried to kill herself, so she had to go explain that she was alive. And then Charlie <laughs> says, were you trying to kill yourself, Bella? I'm like, thank you for which asking. Which further illuminates, <laughs> like, you. where she has been Yeah, at. he absolutely suspects that she was. Yeah, which should also be, like, an eye-opening thing for Edward mm-hmm. listening in. Bella was to the point where Charlie would be completely unsurprised if she came back and was like, so I tried to kill myself. Yeah. Oops. I think Edward is just like, oh, big deal, me too. <laughs> You know? Yeah. She's, like, trying to tell Charlie that he needs to, like, not be mean to Edward, which is, I think, unfair, but essentially tells him that, that like, she will move out mm-hmm. if if she's not allowed to, like, see Edward or if, you know, whatever. I don't know what the actual condition is, but I just feel like throughout this whole section, this whole chapter of negotiation, everyone is really bad at compromising. Yeah. Like, everything is an extreme. There's no, like, mm-hmm. middle ground. It's, like, I move out or I don't, or, like, I become a vampire right now, or, like... Or, like, we get married or or you don't get become a vampire. Like, all these huge stakes mm-hmm. when really, like, everything could be done a little bit more with a little bit more care and, like, thought. But we don't know how to have those conversations, apparently. And then Edward and Bella have this little exchange that ends in Edward making this comment that's like, you're so e- eager to be eternally damned. Bella's like, you don't actually believe that because when... I found you in Volterra. You said Carlisle was right, which means that you believe in heaven. Mm-hmm. Or at least the possibility or of the it. Possibility or you're admitting that you don't actually know. Yeah. So she says there's hope in you after all. <laughs> yeah, I think that is such a, that's such a baller accusation. She's so right. He's, st- he's speechless. She has rendered him speechless, which is so rare. It closes, like this, technically this will be like the end of the book because the yeah. rest is the epilogue. And yeah. he says forever... And she says, that's all I'm asking for. Mm. And they do a little kiss. A little kissy kiss. God. Gag. God, okay. Look at the news. (laughs) Yeah. In the weather. Today in Forks, it's 39 degrees. And today's just cloudy, but it's going to rain this evening. And then it's going to rain every day for the next 10 days. Oh my God. Good luck to them. Okay, well, on a related topic, there's been a ton of rain in in the area. And... Uh, extreme weather has caused severe damage to the parts of the Olympic National Forest, um, oh. including 10 inches of rain that happened oh. on the 14th and 15th of November, just outside of Forks. And there's been like washed out roads, eroded trails, down trees, and they've like closed a lot of roads and, and like hiking trails and stuff. Wow. Yeah. It's like pretty gnarly looking. Like that's like probably landslide danger. It's just a lot of road problems in Forks over the mm. last several months. Oh, yeah. Let's... Epilogue. Again. We love an epilogue. Just kidding. They're this always horrible. feels like it's just going to be exactly what Eclipse is going to be like. I know. And I just don't want it. So this skips ahead in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, an undetermined amount of time. Somewhere between where we just were and where Eclipse starts, which is like somewhere in the spring. And, oh, thank God, she says, almost everything was back to normal. The good pre-zombie, normal, and less time than I would have believed possible. Us Me too. too. Yep. I'm shocked. The explanation is that the hospital welcomed Carlisle back with eager arms, not even bothering to conceal their delight that Esme had found life in LA, so little to her liking. <laughs> Bella, and this is such a great point, she's missed many college application deadlines, mm-hmm. which implies that, of course, at the college application process, which begins at the beginning of the school year, mm-hmm. she would have completely not engaged with any of that and done any of that future planning. 
um, yep. in her months of depression. So she would have missed the opportunity to apply to like all of the places that she probably really would want to would have wanted to go if she was even thinking about mm-hmm. making those plans, which she wasn't because she was using using her college funds to build a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Edward is applying with her with a lot of applications. But paper applications, paper applications, which are still her plan B. Edward just kind of slides back into high school and she says, with Edward back in place, it was almost as if the last eight months were just a disturbing nightmare. Wouldn't that be nice if it was just some dream? One of her silly little dreams? But not quite because she's friends with Jacob. She can't go to La Push because she's grounded and Jacob wasn't coming to see her and he's not answering. The phone calls that she only makes when Edward is gone Mm -hmm. because she senses that Edward has some reciprocal prejudice against the werewolves, which is an interesting term, reciprocal prejudice for racism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't really talk about him in front of Edward. She says, the fairy tale was back on. Prince returned. Bad spell broken. I wasn't sure exactly what to do with the leftover unresolved character. Where was his happily ever after? Who gives a fuck? It's, like, not your problem, Bella. Yeah, like, it's not your responsibility to, like... Ugh. She has this fairy tale narrative for herself, which she never had before this book. Mm-hmm. But you can't compare your life to a book because, like, it's not up for you to resolve the character arcs of all the people in your life. Right. You know? <laughs> and it's, like, you can... I mean, we all leave people behind for that sure. we, like, we're not with... And, like, sometimes those people are our friends, and mm-hmm. you can want for them to, to move on with their lives, but, like, Bella's so overly invested in this question of, like, oh, no. Like, I don't, she's not really considering either, like, this person clearly doesn't want to speak to me. Yeah. And I have hurt this person, and there is a perhaps irreconcilable difference between us at the moment, mm-hmm. so maybe I should just let it lie. There's no reason for her to believe that Jacob still wants to be with her after this betrayal. Like, Mm -hmm. I hate to say it like that because, like, we know it's true that he does. But, like, there's no (laughs) reason that she should think, be thinking, like, oh, like, Jacob's a for sure thing. It was so difficult for her to believe that that Edward was in love with her and it's so easy for her to be, like, Jacob must be really torn up about this yeah. whole thing. Right. Which, like, he's torn up about it because the Cullens are back and, endang- and like, endangering his very livelihood and right. his and people. She, and she's, like, aligned with them. Yeah. That's, like, that's it's a, why it's he's not calling her someone back. someone who has so much information about their way of life and, and, like, their entire existence is now literally sleeping with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets to a point where she's so frustrated that she actually does complain to Edward mm-hmm. about it one day after he picks her up from work. And she's like, it's just plain rude. She called them and Billy answered and, and he's, Billy said he didn't want to talk to me. And usually he has, he's like polite enough to be like, oh, he's out or something. Mm-hmm. It's really terrible, shitty circumstances, but she's not entitled to hear from Jacob. No. Like he's clearly, it's clearly a boundary, even if it's like one that she feels like shouldn't be there because if, if they talked, if, if we talked, he would just understand, which is like usually not true when yeah. someone's mad at you. <laughs> right. Edward is, you know, trying to be somewhat good about it. And he's like, nobody hates you. Jacob knows we're back. And I'm sure that he knows we're together. He doesn't want to be near me. This enmity is rooted too deeply. And Bella's like, that's so stupid. You're not like other vampires. Yeah, they are. They threaten their fucking lives. Yeah. It's like, she says he knows you're not like other vampires. And it's like, no, he, no, he doesn't. Like, cause that's not, that's not his belief. He's expressed it to you many, many times. His problem is not that they hurt people. His problem is that they have hurt the Quileutes in the past. Yeah. Yep. And he says to her, Bella, we are what we are. I can control myself. Since when? When? Remember two seconds ago? When? 
Where? Prove it. How? Show me the evidence. Okay. I can control myself, but I doubt he can. He's very young. It would most likely turn into a fight, and I don't know if I could stop it before I... He broke off. (laughs) And then quickly continued. Before I hurt him. (laughs) You would be unhappy. I don't want that to happen. And then she says, Edward Cullen, were you about to say killed him? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like... Yeah, why is it yeah. escalating to this? Like, why would you say that? Why would you even think that, that would be okay to say? She says, abruptly, I remembered what happened to Paris when Romeo came back. The stage directions were simple. They fight. Paris falls. <sighs> and, uh... Let's move on from Romeo and Juliet. It's ridiculous. Have we not learned anything yeah. <laughs> from comparing ourselves to Romeo and Juliet? And that's okay, because now we're about to confront Jacob, and Jacob has done something to betray Bella, which is really funny. <laughs> Um, it's so petty. It's literally hilarious. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's so funny. <laughs> uh, would I do it? Bella is no. so mad. It's hilarious though. Bella is so mad. Jacob brings Bella's motorcycle to her house. <laughs> Just leaves it for Charlie to find. And leaves it for Charlie to find. And he's there. And Charlie is so livid. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like that aside, I feel like, I don't feel like Bella should have to justify the fact that she has this motorcycle. I feel like it would make sense for her to say, Charlie, I was in a really dark place. Yeah. And I did something stupid and I recognized that it was something stupid. Right. Yeah. She could be like, Charlie, I'm really sorry. That was months ago. You know how I was. Yeah. It was the only thing that made me feel better. Jake was giving me lessons. Yeah. We were hanging out, building them. Like it wouldn't, I think... Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. I think that she could have talked herself out of it. Yeah. she But she feels like it's a huge betrayal. Like, she's, like, almost crying. She's so mad. She thinks that this is, like, the thing that's going to make Charlie maddest of all. And I'm like, you literally left, like, with no warning. Like, the motorcycle's nothing. Yeah. It's also, like, she becomes so angry that she's like, I'm going to kill Jacob Black. And it's like, you just got mad at Edward for saying the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because it's, like, people really think that their parents, like, are going to react really negatively to some things. And I'm just kind of like, it's going to be fine, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, with normal parents obviously right, right, some right. parents are not cool but i don't know i've like i've done some i've done some really <laughs> wild questionable things when i've been in dark places i am like mom that was really stupid my mom would be like yeah i've yeah. done stupid shit too <laughs> like my, like i don't know it's like my mom's like i wish you wouldn't fucking do that and yeah. i've been like you know yeah i wish i wouldn't <laughs> either <laughs> but like i don't know it's just kind of like if you're honest if you're honest about like the root of that like bella has a really great reason yeah she's like i'm sorry like i the adrenaline was the only thing keeping me alive yeah okay yeah why didn't you give me therapy (laughs) yeah 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 she's worried that charlie's going to be hurt and worried and it's like i i don't as if he hasn't been through enough yeah it's fine so jacob's there and he's actually he's there to like talk really just to edward Mm -hmm. he's not really there to talk to bella jacob is such a sneaky little bitch sometimes like this Mm -hmm. is so sneaky of him what is the point of their conversation i don't even fucking know okay so the point of their conversation (laughs) so bella like does a little bit of like how could you do this to me whatever it doesn't matter and she reveals to jacob that she is grounded and that she would have gone to la push and sought him out Mm -hmm. but charlie won't let her and jacob thought that edward wouldn't let her see him so he's been seething about that Mm -hmm. once again making so many assumptions and but the reason why jacob is there is because he's there to remind Edward about the intricacies oh, yes. of the treaty, which before he does, Edward 
breaks off and says, I want to sincerely thank you, basically. Like, I I will never be able to tell you how grateful I am. I yeah. owe you for the rest of my existence for keeping Bella alive when I didn't. Mm-hmm. Which means that enough time has passed that he's gotten a little bit of a more of a glimpse into, like, of, like what that relationship is. What, what, what was going on there. Yeah. Jacob says, I didn't do it for your benefit. And he says, I know, but that doesn't erase the gratitude I feel. I thought you should know if there's anything, ever anything in my power to do for you. And then he thinks something, which I imagine is like... You can fuck off. You can fuck off or like... Give me Bella. Leave or give me Bella (laughs) or something. And... And Edward says, that's not in my power. And Edward says, it's in hers. I'm a quick learner, Jacob Black, and I don't make the same mistake twice. I'm here until she orders me away. And, uh... This is... (laughs) (laughs) I hate this! It's almost self-aware how cringe it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She (laughs) said... She, Bella's very moved by Edward mm-hmm. saying this for some fucking reason. And she looks into his golden eyes and, and whispers, never. And Jacob, and Jacob makes a gagging sound. <laughs> um, Honestly, me. Oh my God. Ugh. Then Jacob says, I just needed to remind your blood-sucking friends of a few key points in the treaty they agreed to. The treaty that is the only thing stopping me from ripping his throat out right this minute. <laughs> and Jacob says, the treaty is quite specific. If any of them bite a human, the truce is over. Bite, not kill. So they are thinking, like, they have some sort of, like, inclination that Bella and Edward are back together and they're like, whoa, if this is something, like, they make Bella a vampire, like, this whole treaty that we've lived by Mm -hmm. for our entire generation, the entire generation before, the entire generation before... Mm -hmm. That's out the window if mm-hmm. Bella becomes a vampire. An added layer of conflict mm-hmm. now. Um, yeah, that's that's quite complex. It kind of becomes clear that Jacob didn't actually think that that was a possibility, but like in Bella's response of saying, that's none of your business, he becomes mm-hmm. very upset. And Jacob almost changes because yeah. he's like having spasms, convulsions, like curling in on himself, turning green. Mm-hmm. And, and and I would just like to say, again, as I said a few episodes ago, mm-hmm. I don't think this is an emotional reaction on behalf of someone who is jealous about seeing someone that they love being with someone else. Yeah. I think this is a physical reaction of his body understanding the threat that Renesmee's existence <laughs> yeah. is under by yeah. Bella becoming a vampire too soon. Mm-hmm. Bella needs to have Renesmee before she turns into a vampire for Edward to live out his, like, gross imprint fantasy yeah jacobs yeah 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 that makes a lot more sense i hate it so much oh my god what i think one of our i think one of the people in our discord is giving birth oh kendall i think kendall's giving birth kendall (laughs) (laughs) um kendall if you're listening (laughs) congratulations on your potential birth That's so exciting. This is what you're missing in the Discord. Birth. <laughs> Birth. <laughs> that is so wonderful. Aw. Gender forking baby. I'm claiming this child is my own. The first baby member of, of the Patreon. <laughs> it's like, what's the most like not horrifying way to say I hope it goes better than her next <laughs> birth? <laughs> is that an acceptable joke to make at this time? I don't know. <laughs> It can't go. It can't go worse than that. You right. Know? <laughs> I hope your baby hope comes it's a out baby, without not teeth. A vampire. 
best friend doesn't imprint on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All those feel inappropriate to say. I can't say them in the Discord, but I might keep them in this episode. <laughs> That's worse. <laughs> I'll ask her first. <laughs> Here's we should actually just gift her this unedited portion for herself. Sure, as, sure, like, sure. As a, like, a baby gift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a baby gift. Here's our genuine reaction to you giving birth. We're so excited for you. <laughs> Oh, I'm losing it. Oh, and, my God. And it happened just as I was talking about Renesmee. Yeah, that's so true. Which is so weird. <laughs> did I cause birth? <laughs> well, you looked at it. Well, no, it did happen. It did happen. It was live. Oh, fuck. My phone buzzed. I looked down. Oh, my God. Kendall's birth. <laughs> should be the title of the episode. Kendall gives birth. Everyone's going to be like, who the fuck is Kendall? <laughs> Don't you know? Oh my god. <sighs> okay. Well, congrats, Kendall. Oh my god. Best of luck. Hope yeah. it goes well. Can't wait to hear about it. Yeah. So you're having a Sagittarius. Oh my god. Wow. Okay. okay. Back to it. Where, where were we? Uh, oh, we were talking about Jacob phasing. Yeah, and, and how he is like having a physical reaction. And Edward, this kind of like feeds into Edward's belief that he can't keep himself under control, mm-hmm. which is valid. Like, <laughs> it's valid. He can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Edward can't either. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. both doing things to hurt her. Yes. I hate them both. Yeah. So much in this moment. Bella hears Charlie yell. This is just so tiny and doesn't matter. Bella hears Charlie yell, Bella, you get in this house this instant. And she says, crap. Crap. Are you kidding? <laughs> Edward. Why, uh, Charlie's so yeah. mad. Charlie's yelling. And it's like, when I said that it's never necessary to yell, I that extends to parents. Yeah. Parents should... I think especially parents. Especially parents shouldn't yell. Yeah. 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 I agree. Jacob is genuinely, like, sorry that he did this. Yeah, he's always fucking up and then always being genuinely sorry. Yeah. He's just just a little boy. He's just a little boy. He's just a child. (laughs) Yeah. Not Edward, though. Fuck Edward. They Um, talk a little bit about Victoria. Like, they trade some information. They do, which is really interesting. Yeah. They share that information really easily. mm -hmm. They trade some information which appears... They, it's not going well. Like, they're fighting over whose job it is to kill Victoria, which, like, it's, like, whatever. But they will continue to collaborate with each other moving forward, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, it is so interesting. They're starting, like, to forge that, like, strategic relationship that they kind of need to have. They're forced to, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, this really... I don't know how to make sense of their friendship anymore. I because Because he's like, bye, Bells. And she's like, you promised. We're still friends, right? And then he's like, shaking his head, no. no. And then he's like, you know how hard, how hard I've tried to keep that promise, but I can't see how to keep trying. Not now. And then he mouths, miss you? It's like, that's so confusing. Such mixed signals right there. And like, no wonder she's so torn up about, you know, making up with him or like getting in contact with him because it's been so confusing. And when a relationship is confusing, then like it makes you feel pulled to that person. Mm -hmm. She, like, moves towards, like, him, like, to step towards him. Okay, first, she says, me too. My hand reached across the wide space, like Mm -hmm. we were connected. The echo of his pain twisted inside me. His pain, Hmm. my pain. Hmm. Renesmee? Hmm. Are you in there? You in there, girlie? Sort of, like, one egg. Renesmee. She's having, like, an ovary, like, yeah, (laughs) Like a... Like a twinge. Sure. (laughs) But Edward pulls her back from taking a step towards yeah. him, which is excessive. She doesn't like being restrained, like, by him. And Jacob is mad 
that, like, furious that Edward restrains her, which is... Same. Like, he's furious, but, like, he's furious because he thinks he should get to make decisions yes, for her, not because right. she should make decisions for herself. Right, yeah. Charlie interjects by screaming, Isabella Swan. Yeah. Then she just kind of, like, reflects on all these problems that she has. She decides... set up for the next book. She wants to see Jacob again. She wants to, like, make him smile again. She said she would find a way to keep her friend. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, there's, like, all these problems. There's Victoria, there's the Volturi, there's the Quileute Treaty that that they are going to, you know, retaliate if she does become a vampire. And there's Charlie, but then she's like, but Edward's here, so it's fine. Edward's here, it's fine. The end. Literally. Literally, it's over. That's it. Goodbye. That's it. That's all forks. (laughs) (laughs) What if we ended it right there? Well... What an incredible end to the season to have a baby being born. (laughs) (sighs) That was wild. I have so much hope for each book when we start, and then by the end, I'm like, I fucking hate it here. Yeah. Like, like so much fun. I'm enjoying this so much. Oh, of course. But, like, holy shit, it's awful. God. Just crying in the club right now, Mm -hmm. and it's about to get, I think, ten times worse. Yeah. I think, like, it's not going to get better for anything that we will read for the rest of the gender forking project. (laughs) No, Twilight was definitely the high point. Yeah. It's all... It's just, we're tanking. Tanking from there. Mm -hmm. There might be some fun moments in Eclipse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But... There's gonna be just so many delightful surprises and horrible, horrifying... Yeah. Shocking Mm -hmm. surprises. Hate it. Yep. Well... We're going to do one more episode. We're going to read the outtakes, as promised. But not now, because this we've been recording for two hours. Not now, because we're at the end of our ropes. Yeah. My mom just called me. There's soup in the back. kitchen. There's soup. We our baby's being born. To, to eat. We have <laughs> soap to make. There's just so much to do. Alex is making <laughs> so much noise in the kitchen. It's like almost like just a... I mean, I cut it out every time Alex makes yeah. noise, but it's like a bit in this podcast, but for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm recording. <laughs> Editing. Well, thanks so much for listening. If you if you have made it this far, it's just incredible. Incredible yeah. show-stopping. I commend you as a listener for Absolutely. what you do in your spare time. Thanks for coming on this journey with us. We can't wait to finish off the season. And we'll see you then. That's all for it. about the podcast follow us on instagram at at genderforking for more twilight content from us follow us at bowlingshirebellas.tumblr.com with questions comments and any other inquiries please email us at bowlingshirebellas at gmail.com if you like what you hear and want to support the upkeep and production of our podcast visit patreon.com forward slash genderforking the music you are hearing is from oh lucifer 